ashamed of the gospel because it is God's power for salvation to everyone who believes. One thing, I don't know why. It doesn't even matter how hard you try. Keep that in mind and design this rhyme to explain it through time. All I know, time is a valuable thing. Watch it fly by as the pendulum swings. Watch it count down to the end of the day. The clock takes life away. It's so unreal. Didn't look out below. Watch the time go right out. Welcome to another Just Informed Talk radio show. I'm your host, Craig James. I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. We are back. Yes, we're back here in studio to everybody listening live on the Front Range here in Colorado on 1360 AM, all the way up into Wyoming and over to Nebraska. We want to say thank you. Also, if you're listening to the live stream, please make sure you like, share, subscribe, follow, whatever it is, and make sure you leave your comments below or Leave them in the live chat, and we will get to those later in the show. I read all comments. If you want to uh, leave a, a comment or something in the live chat, I will read it. Or you can text the phone number, 877-536-1360, if you want to chime in here live on air. You know, I keep the, the, the lines open. Uh, text line, call line, because I want to hear from you guys. You guys make this show better. And... I read all of the comments and the live chats, so whatever it is, please feel free to uh, let me know what you're thinking because I will read it and uh, it will help shape this show and make it better because at the end of the day, that's what we're here to do. We're here to inform you guys, and I think it works better when we all are contributing. However, without much uh, to talk about except everything that happened over the weekend, which there was a lot of, uh, we're going to get into some big stories here today. I'm excited because, you know, it's like, where do I even begin? We had a few big stories with a uh, zero hedge basically running a debate between Alex Jones. So it had it had the left versus the right on January 6th because, of course, this weekend was the third anniversary, quote-unquote, of the January 6th riot, quote-unquote, and, of course, they had uh, three liberals debating three conservative libertarians, I guess you would call them. Uh, and that is you had Alex Jones, Darren Beatty from Revolver.News, and Glenn Greenwald uh, debating against the Krasenstein brothers, who, if you don't know who they are, they became famous during Trump's term in office for being the essentially the the democrat liberal reply guys in all of trump's uh tweets and which is it's interesting to me these guys built their whole brand on bashing trump right and they get promoted by the fixed algorithms at twitter and they have these they, they create these huge social media followings because of the corruption and how everything was being uh altered at that point which we all know now from the twitter files and now it's like these are like authoritative voices on the left. And these guys are just low IQ children who, you know, as, as Glenn Greenwald points out in this debate, interestingly enough, he basically says something to the effect of like, these are guys who just started paying attention to politics around 2016 and know nothing of the history of what happened in this country before that. 
So that's why they can get up and argue things like, you believe the CIA is working with the New York Times to write fake stories to shape public opinion? It's like, yeah, they've been doing that for decades, pal. Like, have you not been paying attention to everything that's happened in the last for the last like 60, 70 years in this country? But beyond that, uh, you have this debate, which was interesting. Interesting. I'll play some clips from it here in just a second. But like I said before, it's the Krasenstein brothers and a guy named Destiny. Now, I don't know who this Destiny person is. I haven't really followed them on social media. I've seen them pop up here and there on social media. And mostly it's because of his takes on, he's like some sort of liberal kind of uh, social media influencer because that's a career now. Your whole career is I, I get on social media and I say things and therefore I am a, an influencer. And I know this because uh, I, I've guess done that for a while uh, to a degree before I got blacklisted and banned off of all social media platforms and, and everything else because I was, I guess, too effective at what I was doing and they couldn't have that, um, you know, like many other influencers or whatever you want to call these people. And what I've seen, I guess, I, I think this is the same guy who's this ultra progressive liberal you know, just has every wrong take on pretty much everything you can imagine. But I guess they decided that they had an argument to be made, so they wanted to debate it with regard to January 6th. And it, and it was an interesting exchange, I guess, in the sense that you had Alex Jones, Glenn Greenwald, and Darren Beatty essentially laying out the facts of January 6th. And the counterpoints were really reductive and, and basically didn't do anything as far as changing my opinion because there was no factual basis behind what they were saying all their arguments were based in you know fake uh, out of context fake news talking points right they, they would reference things uh, as arguments based on just complete fabrications of the the, the actual truth right complete lies so what was telling to me about the debate, and, and I guess we'll just start here because we've got a bunch of other stuff. You know, Joe Biden gave a speech over the weekend where he was uh, essentially saying that to save democracy, we have to destroy democracy. And he's like giving his hilarious speeches trying to say that, you know, the majority of the people in this country are evil domestic terrorists for supporting Trump. Um because that's all they have is fear. They don't have, they can't sell you on their policies because they're failing policies. They can't sell you on their merit because they have none. They must sell you on the fear of other. You must be afraid. So we can talk about that speech. Uh, we have uh, something I wanted to get into last week. We'll get into this week. Uh, Trump laying out fraud and all these other cases. But to begin with, I thought this, this debate was good because you see both sides of the issue, right? You have this one side that's based in facts, logic, here's the evidence, here's the proof. And you have the other side that they believe what they're saying, I'll, get, I'll grant that. But if you base all of your truth in fake news and out-of-context facts, then, of course, you're going to have this opinion that January 6th was an insurrection and they kept trying to say that Trump's guilty of an insurrection, and every time they got pressed on it, they didn't really have any substance behind it. They would just say, well, 
The, the people who were there who got sentenced to 20 years in prison said that they were there because of Trump. And Darren Beatty at one point makes a great comparison. He said, basically, he said, well, you know, Charles Manson said that Helter Skelter, you know, that I guess it was a Beatles song, was what, like, influenced him to go and, and commit all these murders. So is Helter Skelter uh, to blame for what Charles Manson did? Because that's the same argument you're getting from these liberals, which is insane. They're saying essentially that because people were there who did things and said that they were influenced by Trump, that means Trump is guilty. And beyond that, they don't even want to acknowledge the fact that there were agent provocateurs working for the feds, that there were Antifa dressed up as, uh, you know, Trump supporters who were leading a lot of the uh, riotous actions against the Capitol, the vandalism, the, the breaking open the doors. They don't want to acknowledge the fact that the police were the ones who opened fire first on the crowds, inciting them. They don't want to acknowledge the fact that Ray Epps was uh, there with others entrapping uh, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, by pulling down signs and opening gates. They don't want to acknowledge the fact that the Capitol Police basically rolled out the red carpet for these people and gave them an escorted tour around the Capitol. They don't want to acknowledge the fact that the only people who died were Trump supporters who were murdered by a bunch of you know disgusting, sicko you know, abusive, you know, abusing their power police officers. They don't want to acknowledge any of that stuff. In their mind, they've been brainwashed so heavily by the left wing media complex that they don't have a capability of really defending their position. They can only say Trump's violated the section three of the 14th amendment he should be off the ballot we have to save democracy by destroying it good is bad up is down left is right war is peace that's their mindset we'll be back you're listening to just form talk radio stay tuned this christmas experience the magic of rocky mountain freeze dry our artisan freeze-dried ice cream crafted by our local Colorado company brings a unique twist. Ice cream that doesn't melt. From classic vanilla to exciting cookie dough, our crunchy treats melt into velvety smooth joy. And for a nostalgic twist, try our puffed-up candies, perfect for gifts and stocking stuffers. Visit RockyMountainFreezeDry.com and unwrap the extraordinary. Ho, ho, ho! Hi, folks. This is Pastor Bruce Miller with the Foothills Baptist Church family. Join us Sunday afternoons from 3 to 4 for the Foothills Baptist Gospel Hour. That's Sunday afternoons, 3 to 4, here on 1360 AM. Welcome back to Just Form Talk Radio. I'm your host, Craig James. And before the break, of course, we were talking about this debate that took place over the weekend. Zero Hedge actually uh, hosted a debate 
It was held in Austin, Texas at the InfoWars uh, studios with Alex Jones, Darren Beatty, Glenn Greenwald debating against a, the Krasenstein brothers and a, a, a social media influencer named Destiny, who, you know, these are unimpressive folks, but I think that this is probably the best the left had to offer anyway, because what's interesting to me about debate these days, or what we have, at least that they call debate, is that the higher levels of academia have started implementing this principle that debate is invalid when they have to use facts, right? See, the problem is that at one point in this country, at least we could, we could agree on a certain set of facts, and that's what made debate possible. But now... You have this MKUltra, mind-controlled, mockingbird media, propagandized leftism that is what others have called the woke mind virus or whatever you want to call it that's infected so many people that they are living in an alternate reality, right? And, and what do I mean by that? Well, I mean, quite simply, you yourself probably, like imagine yourself, you're at home with your family or your friends or your coworkers or your classmates, and you're trying to have a debate, and the person you're trying to debate has not only a complete disdain for you and your political position, but has, has a completely different set of facts that they believe that are completely in uh, contradiction to the truth and reality. It's It's... This is why debate has become so difficult in this country because they've used this thing called cognitive dissonance to create a mechanism inside of people's psyches now that if you can't – well, if they start to have a debate with you, they're they're programmed to shut down as soon as you mention facts that are inconvenient to their position, right? I feel like as a a – conservative quote-unquote I'm a, I'm a christian nationalist I, and i don't care what people ever say oh you're you, that's bad that's not good it's like no that's what i am put christ first we need to put christ as king ahead of everything else and that's what made our country great the further we get away from christ the worse this country is going to become but at least i i like to think i'm open-minded enough to where i can have a debate with with anyone about anything because i will at least listen to the other side and uh, we can debate ideas, but as long as we have a certain set of commonality when it comes to facts, the truth, the truth isn't relative. I, I have family members who, I won't say who, but I love them to death, but they believe in this like moral relativ- morally relativistic, you know, my truth versus your truth. And I keep trying to tell them, I said, no, th- there's literally one truth. It, 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 there's no like morally relative my truth and your truth. It's like that doesn't exist. That's a fantasy. That is living in delusion. And so, I, but I like to think that if I have a debate with somebody, at least as long as we're working in the realm of having uh, consistent honesty in understanding what's true and what's false. Like, how do you have a debate with somebody 
right? It's just just random example here. Who believes men can get pregnant? Now you say, okay, well, you can argue, you can debate whether it's, you know, morally good, I guess, or not, or whatever. But you can't biologically, scientifically start the debate with men can have babies. Because it's just, it's not true. It is factually false. It is provably false. It is laughably false. It is it's antithetical to biology and the truth, right? But if they start with that position, then the whole debate is skewed because as soon as you say, well, no, actually men biologically cannot have children uh, as far as becoming pregnant and then, uh, you know, popping them out, that just is, is not physically possible. It's impossible. And they said, no, no, you're a bigot, you're a transphobe, you're a racist. And then the name calling starts, then the ad hominem attack starts, and then you're just sitting there having a debate, and it's not a debate. Because you've started from a position of truth, they've started from a position of just complete fantasy and delusion, and they're going to argue based on things that aren't real, sets of facts that don't exist, right? So, and that's just with that particular issue but it does go into these other issues like when you're having a debate with somebody about let's say january 6 and their position is uh it was an insurrection so okay well let's let's historically give context and understand what what's the de- what's your definition of an insurrection right okay so then once you get into this this that's where the relativism comes in because then they start giving you these kind of uh, wishy-washy definitions of of you know insurrection that don't align with the historical uh facts about what an insurrection is and 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 contextually it just doesn't match up with the the truth of what happened you're dealing with people who come out and say january 6 was 9 11 and pearl harbor times 20 what how many people were killed that day oh four trump supporters were murdered uh or two at least and then some guys died from other issues after the fact. Well, doesn't sound like an insurrection to me. Oh, the insurrection where they walk behind the velvet robes on a guided tour with Capitol Police escorting them the whole way through. Uh, oh, the insurrection where you have Antifa dressing up as Trump supporters, smashing windows and being let in by Capitol Police officers seemingly on purpose in a, in a, in a plot to entrap thousands, tens of thousands of uh, innocent people. Who were protesting, mind you, a stolen election, which I, I, I never forget. I never tried to, to downplay the fact that everything we debate when it comes to January 6th completely obfuscates the truth of the 2020 election being flagrantly stolen, right? So it's like that is something we should probably pay attention to as well, that everything that happened on January 6th is – merely a diversion in my opinion from the truth about what happened in 2020 presidential election but that aside this is why i don't think that the discourse is is healthy in this country and that's why i think the the top people that the left would allow are these low-level social media influencers you know the reply guys who got famous for bashing trump on twitter when the the twitter algorithms were augmented in their favor and, and gave them huge followings you know artificially and this destiny, you know, degenerate who 
is, you know, fa- most famous for, you know, being embarrassed by his wife who left him and, and having these disgusting, you know, immoral, degenerate worldviews that, that he then tries to, to give to children, uh, young children who he's influencing online. I, it's rough because – and then – so that, like I was saying, the whole point I was getting at is that the intellectuals, right, the quote-unquote intellectuals in academia have been trained now that, to not debate because if you don't submit to their sets of facts, right, facts, quote-unquote, I'm using that air quote loosely, uh, then they're told to shut down. They cannot debate you because you're not a good-faith actor when in reality they're the ones holding completely – illogical, incongruent, you know, fan, fantastical worldviews in, in, that just don't exist in reality, you know? So let's listen to some clips here. Uh, these are the highlights uh, that I found from this January 6th debate with the Krasenstein brothers, the reply guys who got famous on Twitter and Destiny and Alex Jones and Glenn Greenwald and Darren Beatty from Revolver News. Uh, here first, let's listen to Destiny give his case on whether the Capitol riots of 2021 constituted an insurrection. Here's their position. I do. What, De- Destiny, what do you think, man? Uh, I would say the plot from start to finish is quite obviously an insurrection. The only way to get around that is to either justify an insurrection, which is what most conservatives do, they don't realize it, or to deny that an insurrection could ever happen. Or, or if you're not aware of all the facts of what happened. I think that Donald Trump and his cronies had a very coherent plan that they tried to enact from start to finish, starting with false claims of voter fraud, leading to false slates of electors that filed themselves as state electors under perjury, which is what they did, up to the violence that happened on the day of the you know, um, on the day of the certification of the vote, where Donald Trump and his friends continued to try to delay the peaceful transfer of power by contravening the certification of the Electoral College vote. So there you go. That's, that's their position, right? That's the, how they go from point A to Z with the Donald Trump's guilty of an insurrection theory, right? That it was a complex organized crime committed by Donald Trump where he falsified electors and then plotted to overthrow the government with a violent mob on January 6th that all culminated with him, as they say, not doing anything to stop it. Well, again, none of this co-aligns with fact, uh, the facts surrounding that day, obviously, when, it, when you even think about every the sequence of events, right? You mean he tried to get alternate electors, electors like, I don't know, JFK did in, in uh, 1960, that election. Oh, okay, but that's that's insurrectionary now. He, uh, he tried to prove his case of voter fraud that was obvious and plain to everybody who was paying attention, who was not completely uh, inundated by the woke mind virus. But beyond that, right, as I'm listening to their arguments, I'm reminded that you know, this was a three-hour, three-plus-hour debate. I watched the whole thing practically, and I can just say that observationally, I wish I could play the whole three-and-a-half-hour thing for you. Maybe they'll play it here on the station later. I don't know. But I'll say this, that if you actually listen to the debate, there were so many points throughout it that 
just clearly were illustrating how nonsensical and and you know completely disjointed from reality these arguments by these left wing guys are when it comes to January six and and the naivety that they you know view this whole thing through the lens of naivety which they put all over this whole thing is is insane especially with regard to their you know as glenn greenwald kept putting it it's like these guys just graduated high school in 2016 and have this this you know completely myopic naive worldview that that a government works with the cia to you know influence media outlets and then blackmail them into saying things and doing things that it wouldn't otherwise do or com- making them complicit and compromising them oh i'm shocked how dare they it's like brother have you not been paying attention of course not they don't want you to pay attention and again, this is the, the programming that we're dealing with, with individuals who are programmed to have a worldview that starts and stops with their opinions that doesn't you know, provide context to fact or with fi- facts or anything else. Here's Glenn Greenwald's response to that, though. Talk to me. You, you have something to say. Yeah, I actually think what Destiny and what Ed are saying are very important. Uh, first of all, I was going to say that I think one of the problems with how these things are debated is that a lot of people these days have very binary prisms for understanding things. A lot of that comes from YouTube debate where you have to declare yourself on one side or the other. So Destiny said, oh, everybody either hates this insurrection, thinks it's an insurrection, or they deny it happens, or they think it's good. And there's so much middle ground. Namely that for me, this was a political protest that spilled over into a riot where a small minority of the people engaged in violence. I don't think we want to urge that to happen. We don't want to defend that. I consider that lamentable. But the fact that it's laughable to call this an insurrection is actually demonstrated by the examples that they're using. This was a three-hour riot that was extremely easily subdued. It doesn't remotely compare to any prior insurrections, let alone to the Civil War. The only people who were killed on January 6th were four people, all four of whom were Trump supporters, two of whom dropped out of a heart attack and one from a speed overdose because these were not exactly a well-trained militia. And when Jack Smith went to charge Donald Trump with multiple crimes, he had a lot of options to charge him with, and he charged him with a lot of crimes, including very dubious ones. He did not charge him with inciting an insurrection for reasons that I think we ought to ask ourselves why but the the fact that this is such a minor event in history is demonstrated by the fact that the media who needed this to be a major event immediately started lying about what happened saying that brian sicknick was murdered when he had his head bashed in through a fight with a fire extinguisher only for to learn that actually he called his mother that night he was fine he died the next day of what the coroner said were natural causes because the media knew that if you can't say that even one person supposedly perpetrating the insurrection, killed anybody, pulled out a gun, let alone discharged a weapon, all of which is true. It's a joke to call this. This is Craig James from Just Informed Talk Radio, and I want to take a second to tell you about my friends over at thefreedompeople.org. If you guys haven't tried them, you need to give them a call today. All you have to do is go to thefreedompeople.org and set up your call. And what can they help you do? Well, through legal and lawful processes, they'll help you reduce exposure to the tax man or other bureaucratic bodies. They can help you do things like set up express trusts, which help manage your business assets and affairs effectively and privately, while helping you gain greater control of you and your 
family's future. It can also help you do things like set up private membership associations, which help you restructure your business in a way that allows you to run it exactly how you want. If you believe your children should be able to receive their inheritance without paying an arm and leg in taxes, and that taxes are unjust, the government ceases to represent the interests of its people. I want you to take a second today to go to the T-H-E, freedompeople.org and schedule your call. Let them know I sent you. But more importantly, help make sure that your future is protected and that your business and your family are protected. Hi, folks. Joe Jaquin here from the Half Empty Cup of Joe Show. Are you worried about investing in the stock market, especially with Joe Biden in office? Do you really trust this economy? What if you could invest in a secure, collateralized portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market or the Fed? A portfolio where you know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. Your interest is compounded daily. You're paid monthly, and there are no fees. You can turn your income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose. And get this, there's absolutely no loss of principal if you ever need your money back. Go to investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com, or call 888-Y-REFI-24. You can earn a fixed rate of return that's up to 10.25%. Just call 888-Y-REFI-24 or go to investyrefi.com and tell them Joe sent you. Sucker punch somebody on a sidewalk. Carjacking old lady at a red light. Pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store. You think it's cool, act the fool if you like. Cuss out a cop, spit in his face. Stomp on the flag and light it up. Yeah, you think it's tough. Well, try that in a small town. an insurrection at best it's a riot and that's the reason why trump hasn't been charged with an insurrection the only time he ever commented on january 6th about whether he thought there should be violence or not was when he said the following he said i know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard he urged them to be peaceful and how they went there. To the extent there was violence, I think you can make the argument that the FBI informants that even the New York Times admits were there were the ones that urged it. But even if the people who were there were the ones responsible, at best this is a riot. You could so easily make the case that the 2020 riots were as a far greater insurrectionary threat than anything that happened on January 6th. That's, That's the truth. That's Glenn Greenwald, of course. Welcome back to Just Form Talk Radio. We were listening to Glenn Greenwald give his response to this uh, left-right, you know, conservative, liberal, whatever you want to call it, debate, where they're debating the merits of January 6th. Was it an insurrection? Was it uh, what the media portrays it as? And, And I think one of the points that Glenn makes there is so valuable when comparing the BLM riots to January 6th it's it's not even it's not even a fair comparison remotely. I mean, the, the fact that they tell us that it's worse than Pearl Harbor 9/11 is one thing, right? 9/11, we all know, was most likely an inside job. That's obvious. But and who knows? Pearl Harbor, to a degree, they say we had the intelligence, know it was coming, but whatever. Uh, that's we're not going to go back and, and debate histor- history right now. I will say though that comparing the 500 plus BLM riots to the singular event that took place on January 6th 
is interesting when you look at the facts. For instance, again, this is 500 plus riots that were more insurrectionary, I believe, in their scope and scale and thrust than January 6th ever could have been in its wildest dream. You had that which lasted seven or, or so months. The January 6th lasted a couple hours. Had at least 20 plus, maybe many more murders as a result of the BLM riots. Zero murders by those involved in January 6th. You had hundreds of small businesses destroyed. No small businesses destroyed on January 6th, by the way. Uh, 150 federal buildings were damaged. One federal building was damaged on January 6th. Uh, I mean, you remember these people were burning down courthouses, right? It's it's hilarious too because at one point in this in this debate that we're playing clips from here, of course, uh, for those of you just joining us, this is uh, the Krasenstein brothers and this guy named Destiny. These are social media guys, you know, reply guys who got you know boosted and famous by the the corrupt algorithms on social media and now they have huge followings um you know these are artificially you know inflated numbers and these guys are propped up but these guys are debating alex jones from Infowars, glenn greenwald uh who's you know y- y'all probably know who he is uh and of course darren Beatty from revolver news and the argument they keep making is, well, BLM wasn't an insurrection because they, they didn't, you know, they didn't do anything. It's like they were burning down federal courthouses. Yeah, but that didn't stop an official proceeding. I heard that argument made. That they're saying that the reason January 6th was an insurrection and that B, none of the BLM riots were is because January 6th, in, as they describe it, sought to... Uh, impede an official federal, uh, you know, hearing or or procedure, meaning the, the certification of the votes was interrupted by January 6th and that that was an attempt to stop the certification of the votes. So therefore, that means that, and because BLM didn't stop any federal, uh, you know, p- procedures from taking place, that that means it wasn't an insurrection. I go, well, by that definition, I mean, they were burning down federal courthouses and police precincts. How much, I mean, and they're like, well, there wasn't a proceeding going on at the time. And you're like, if I burn down a federal courthouse, they're not going to have proceedings. Okay. They're not, I mean, they're not going to be able to, the, the place is burned down. How is that? And obviously, I think agent provocateurs were involved in January 6th. Obviously, it was a combination of Antifa, probably uh, activists working within our government and the Capitol Police Department and other places who were working, uh, either given orders to allow it to happen or just a part of a a broader conspiracy to entrap many people and, and to set this up, set this narrative up for the fake news. However you spin it, they want us to believe that, that you know, two-hour event, which was easily fixed, if you will, is comparable to 500-plus riots that included burning down federal, you know, courthouses and police precincts and taking over 
entire sections of U.S. cities where they declared autonomous zones, refused to follow the law, engaged in anarchy and disorder, vandalizing businesses, shutting down businesses, violently extorting small business owners and, and, and stealing, looting, committing violent hate crimes and murders, that that's equivalent. No, that's less than, less than a two-hour event for a stolen election that was, in my opinion, something that, that, that to this day I believe the intentions behind the majority of people there, the overwhelming majority of people there, were genuinely based on a righteous indignation at a government that had just facilitated using the intelligence agencies a stolen election and then tried to and have uh, implemented and, and basically placed their puppet corrupt criminal president, pedophile president Joe Biden in, and now we're just supposed to sit back and take it because that's how we've been conditioned to be here in America. Weak, slow, stupid, ineffective, impotent, in the face of a tyrannical government, whereas we are literally ordered in our founding documents to overthrow any government when it becomes, goes against what the will of the American people is, right? It's like literally in our founding documents. Alex Jones made that point a couple times, and I thought it was actually very uh, accurate that we are literally directed to overthrow tyrannical governments. But hey, we don't have F-16s and nuclear bombs, so I guess we're just slaves, right? That's what Joe Biden would tell you. That's what Adam Kissinger would say. That's what all the the uniparty establishment, feckless criminals running our country want us to believe, is that we don't have F-16s or nuclear bombs. So... But you know who doesn't have F-16s and nuclear bombs that does a pretty good job of holding its own? The cartels down in Mexico. We don't seem to have an answer for that. Yet I don't see the Sinaloa cartel flying F-16s and doing skirmishes on the border of the United States. And they seem to be doing just fine as far as nobody can stop them. How about the Taliban and and, and they they, with a bunch of AK-47s? I mean, now they probably have more advanced equipment that we gave them. But a bunch of guys living in in caves in the desert can't stop them. The Iraqis, same thing. So they want you to believe that uh, you're you're basically if you believe you're a slave, if you believe in this serfdom that they've created, then fine. That's that's what they want. All right, when we come back, I have more. I have much more. So we're going to stay tuned. You guys let me know what you think. Call or text 877-536-1360 or leave a comment or something in the live chat. We'll check it out. Thank you, though. We'll be back. You're listening to Just Form Talk Radio. I'm your host, Craig James. We'll be back after the break.
J-Day's Appliance is an independent local appliance dealer focused on Main Street, not Wall Street. We offer top brands at great prices, service, and parts to help you keep your current appliances running. So think outside of the big box and think independent and save at J-Day's Appliance. Located at 132 E7th Street in Loveland, Colorado. Or give us a call at 970-669-1357. You can also visit our website at jdaysappliance.com. That's the letter J, daysappliance.com. Hi, everybody. Glenn Tate, co-host of Prepping 2.0. Shelby Gallagher here. Join us Saturdays at 9 a.m. Right here on 1360 KHNC. Where we bring you great ideas to take your preps to the next level. Welcome back to Just Forum Talk Radio. I'm your host, Craig James. Now, before the break, we were talking about this debate of January 6th. Was it an insurrection? You know, comparing it to the BLM riots and how much more insurrectionary those were than anything that ever happened on January 6th. And, and the point I was making before when I was talking about overthrowing a tyrannical government, it, it, it stems from the Declaration of Independence, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about overthrowing tyrannical governments. It, 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 it is dictated by our foundational documents that we at one point believed in in this country But now, you know, I turn on the TV and everything's like, I'm proud to be Mexican. I'm proud to be South American. I'm proud to be everything but American. And it's like, you people are here in this country. What what, You come here because you hate it so much? Or do you come here because it's the greatest country in the world? But what they, they don't understand, because a lot of these people are just low information, low IQ or they just aren't paying attention or they're they're naive they they they're gullible they they just fall for what is put in front of them they don't want to do any extra effort and critical thought because it's how they're being programmed to to live their lives right they don't want to think about what this country is based off of foundationally and what it actually means to be an american I cannot tell you how much disdain I have for these individuals who hate this country. 
because I, I truly believe in this nation and I think it could be great again, but it's been so heavily inundated by corruption and this, this MK ultra mind control programming syndicate and their, their, you know, disastrous and deleterious WMDs that they've unleashed on population. I'm not talking about nuclear weapons. I'm talking about pornography and fast food and social media to a, to a great degree. And, and the advent of these new technologies, which are just completely destroying entire generations by design to break their minds down to make them easily manipulatable, easily manipulated serfs. That's what they want. They want you just smart enough to be able to work the automaton machine at the factory to make the widget, but not smart enough to understand how the economics of it all works, which is why they don't teach our kids in high school or college pretty much anything they'll need in the real world unless you specifically seek out that, in, that education. Because the, the, the foundational system is based on an education system created by, you know, Henry Ford and others who wanted just, they wanted factory workers. They didn't want critical thinkers. And the higher levels of education where critical thought once was nurtured and free speech was protected and, and thought to be sacrosanct are now just completely overrun by ideologically driven zealots who believe in, uh, you know, delusional ideologies and, and, and sets of facts that don't even exist. It's, it, you know, I could sit here and complain about all, the, about all this forever, but it doesn't do anything, any, anyone any good other than here's the information that you need. The information is this. When the government becomes destructive of the ends of you and I having life, liberty, and a pursuit to happiness, then it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it. They don't want you to know that. They don't want you to believe it. They don't want you to think it's possible. They want you to believe that you are incapable of standing up against it. That's why January 6th was orchestrated in the first place. What, what do you think the whole end game of it was? Why do you think they let all those people in the Capitol? And the, because they needed the framework in the public narrative and perception to create the, the paradigm that we live in now where they can arrest you for standing up to a tyrannical government. They can, uh, they, they, literally, 20 years in prison, seditious conspiracy. So, so let me get this straight. You got these oath keepers and all these proud boys and all these guys serving 20 plus years in prison for what they say is a seditious conspiracy when I guess it's just a matter of interpretation to how you understand the Declaration of Independence, a foundational document proceeding to the Constitution that outlines our inalienable God-given rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. 
I don't know. It, it seems tyrannical. It seems like we've been made subservient, but we have a text message. Uh, somebody from the 505 says, the best way to shatter delusions is to treat them brutally with impunity. Sorry, not sorry. Tough love is a Christian duty. I couldn't agree more. I, I truly think that that is, in in essence, what I seek to do as far as, uh, you know, putting the truth out there, just informed talk. We're informing people with the truth. The truth that is inconvenient to some that they want to discount and dismiss. Again, I'm not calling for anything here. I'm making observations about the Declaration of Independence and what we as American citizens In all reality, what we are seeing here, it's really just the prison of the mind. We're locking ourselves in. They're trying to convince us we're helpless. We're not. We have more power than we believe. Stay tuned when we come back. What I'm going to do is I'm going to play some more clips. I think you're going to want to stick around for. And we have other stories we're going to get into. A lot to cover. Stay tuned. You're listening to Just Form Talk Radio. We'll be back after the break. This is Rick Rodriguez, host of The Present Truth, Monday through Friday, 2 to 3. Topics, American world hegemony, the new world order, secret societies, one world religion, weather warfare, international wars, transhumanism. Join me, 1360 KHNC. You are listening to KHNC, the roar of the Rockies. This is Clay with Wagner Electric Company. We're out of Greeley. We're here to promote our Generac and Cummins standby generators and our service to the community with any electrical needs. We're located at 1517 2nd Avenue in Greeley, 970-800-3693. The biggest thing that we want to promote is that we set the standard and we're here to support you and your needs. 970-800-3693.
3,000 people. Do you disagree? Let me ask you this. Do you disagree with the, them claiming this was worse than Pearl Harbor or 9-11? I, I think it depends how you ask that question. Oh. I, I, would say, I would say no. It's not worse than Pearl Harbor or 9-11. What are you basing on it? Are you basing – No, no, no. no. I get it. I get it. No, no. Trying to take people's votes away is no, no, so no, no, no. sacrosanct, but you're so, trying to take so people's votes away. Worse than what? Worse than what? unprecedented that a president of the United States would do everything with, within his power to prevent the peaceful transfer of power to the next president. He said, that I want you to peacefully march down to the Capitol. That is a uniquely horrible event. So the horrible. march to the Capitol, what was bad was him watching the riot happen for three hours and doing nothing. No, no. It took him – no, it was the riot was happening. He spoke for an hour and a half. It started then. Then he got back to the White House, watched it like 30, 40 minutes, and then shot a video. No, you're lying. He got back to the White I'm House. Lying. He got Mark Meadows delivered a note Mark on his Meadows. desk that Ashley Babbitt had been shot, and he sat there sipping Diet Coke for an hour and a half. Welcome back to Just Forum Talk Radio. I'm playing clips from this debate that was hosted by Zero Hedge over the weekend. Uh, some left-wing lunatic influencers, quote-unquote, the Krasenstein brothers, the guys who became famous for being reply guys in Trump's Twitter uh, accounts uh, feed. And they were artificially basically augmented by the algorithm to get this huge following, which now they basically have made a career on and monetized. And then you have the uh, Destiny, this degenerate left-wing uh, uh, figure who is saying there that Trump sat around for three hours sipping Diet Coke while the insurrection took place. Therefore, he's guilty, even though he told them to go there peacefully. And Alex Jones is presenting the, the true timeline because he was there and he knows that Trump was still giving a speech when they were uh, essentially, quote-unquote, storming the Capitol. So how could he have known it took him a certain amount of time to get back to the White House, and he sat down, and he, he was looking at it for 30 minutes, and then he made the statement, which is all like a normal sequence of events and timeline. But, of course, this is the delusional world they live in. Uh, Trump's cult culpability, I think this is a great clip. This is the one I was referencing earlier uh, with Darren Beatty explaining. Listen to this. Like Destiny said, there are 140 convictions okay where the people convicted said i was there because of trump trump called us to do this and when i say called us well, i don't mean called them on the, the phone sake and said, of hey, argument that that's true what what is your conclusion from that, that trump helped incite this well just because they thought they were helping trump that doesn't mean that trump told them to do that let me say that's true but, but like, let's let's look There's at the actions federal fa famous it's like wait wait alex it's like saying you know um Alex uh, uh, Charles Manson presumably thought Helter Skelter was, you know, telling him to kill. So is is this that is the argument there? Why, that Trump, why, why, Trump is, you don't Trump think is it's essentially reasonable. Helter Skelter, uh, no, no, and he's guys, telling these Proud Boys that you need to go and boss storm tell, the Capitol. Does the mob boss tell his peons? Go kill this guy, or do they use other language? Well, what's the language that he used that the, you think is criminal? The language Trump. The language Trump. I thought that clip's very telling, right? Because Darren puts the nail on the head there saying, like, look, because they said that they were there because of Trump, that Trump's guilty of telling them to go there. And then and then this is their, their reductive logic where they're like, well, does a mob boss tell his peons to commit murders or does he use different language? And it's like, yeah, but, but explain the crime. 
But, uh, Explain the language and reasoning that, that you have for Trump say like because by this logic anybody could be guilty of anything at any time for any given reason. Because somebody goes out and does something and then says, Oh, well, I was doing it because this guy wanted me to. Okay, well, well do you have evidence or proof of that? The proof is that, you know, uh, he said something at some point somewhere along the line. And that, to me, was an indication to go do it. Did he tell you directly do it? Well, no. But does the mob boss tell his peons to kill? Stay tuned. We'll be back. As 1360 continues to grow, we want to know what our listeners think. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Give us your feedback. Go to 1360KHNC.com and hit the contact button and give us your thoughts. My name is James with Milco Carpet Cleaning. I'm based out of Millican, serving all of northern Colorado. We're a family-owned company that will clean your carpets, upholstery, tile, and rugs. My goal is to freshen your home and business, leaving you dry and clean in no time with no residues. Mention this ad and receive $10 per room off, up to $50. You can call me at 970-405-3740 or email me at nococarpetcleaning at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out my reviews on Google. You're listening to the Roar of the Rockies, KHNC, 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. I'm Susan Lee, and this is the Fox Business Report. Boeing stock is dropping after an emergency door blew off one of its 737 MAX jets on Friday. Shares of its supplier, Spirit Aerosystems, are down 15%. But Barron says Wall Street analysts are not overly concerned because they say the problem appears to be a manufacturing issue. Analysts at Jeffries say the problem could be resolved relatively quickly in a few days. There are two medical mergers. Johnson & Johnson is buying Ambrex Biopharma and Merck is buying Harpoon Therapeutics. Some retailers are upbeat after the holiday season. American Eagle, Abercrombie & Fitch, and Five Below are all reporting business was better than expected, and they are raising their forecasts. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Ginny Cosola, invested in you. The Fed's new FedNow system is all about surveillance and control. Secure your assets today with something Washington cannot manipulate. Hi, Stephen K. Bannon, and I recommend diversifying your retirement into a physical gold IRA from Birch Gold Group. To learn more, get a free info kit by texting the word SHELTER to 989898. Do this right now. Text SHELTER to the number 989898 and get a free info kit from Birch Gold. There's no obligation or purchase required. Message and data rates may apply. Hello, friend. I'm Jeremy Sladen, the head coach and founder of the Warrior Mind, Body, and Soul Experience, or Warrior MBS for short. There's a good chance that you're looking to level up with some needed improvements in your physical, mental, or spiritual life, or maybe you need a complete reset in all three. Either way, there has never been a better time for you to make this move, and here's why. Because the world needs you badly right now. Our culture is in full-scale attack mode on what it even means to be a man. Testosterone levels have dropped by 50% since the 1940s, and true masculinity is retreating into these pathetic spaces. Now, all this gender bending has men questioning who they are and how to fulfill their sacred roles in life as fathers, husbands, and community leaders. Warrior MBS is all about unlocking and unleashing 
these kinds of men. Go to warriormbs.com to check out the program and set up a live chat with Jeremy today. Again, that's warriormbs.com. Hi, folks. Joe Jaquin here from the Half Empty Cup of Joe Show. Are you worried about investing in the stock market, especially with Joe Biden in office? Do you really trust this economy? What if you can invest in a secure, collateralized portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market or the Fed? A portfolio where you know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. Your interest is compounded daily. You're paid monthly, and there are no fees. You can turn your income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose. And get this, there's Absolutely no loss of principle if you ever need your money back. Go to investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, R E F Y.com, or call 888 YREFI24. You can earn a fixed rate of return that's up to 10.25%. Just call 888 YREFI24 or go to investyrefi.com and tell them Joe sent you. The views and opinions expressed on 1360 KHNC are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Excursion Broadcasting Network. the Just Informed Talk Radio. I'm your host, Craig James. This is Hour 2 of the Just Informed Talk Radio Show, and uh, we have a lot to cover. We're, we're kind of basically breaking down some highlights from this debate that took place over the weekend. I thought it was a very valuable uh, insight into how the left-wing progressive, quote-unquote, but actually regressive mindset of the leftist when it comes to January 6th, how they're programmed to think. And what I found interesting was that, aside from the fact that we know they're not working uh, from a basis of logic and fact, that they are working with these, you know, uh, cherry-picked facts that are completely out of context to uh, make their point, which is always that, you know, Trump's Hitler and, and that, you know, anybody who supports him is domestic terrorist. They programmed us with this January 6th quote-unquote riot, insurrection, whatever the media is calling it these days, to normalize throwing people in jail for standing up against a tyrannical government. And we're not just talking about a few years. We're talking about 20-plus year sentences in the case of Enrique Tario and Stuart Rhodes and Joe Biggs and others uh, who essentially were found guilty of what they the government claimed was a seditious conspiracy and just like after 9-11 when they used the patriot act to basically uh weaponize the government against pe- the, the average citizen right so they could be spied on without warrants and everything else now they've normalized which they were seeking to do beforehand the concept that if you even talk about 
trying to follow the precepts that we are shown in the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, which I read earlier, that it is our duty as citizens to abolish governments that become tyrannical and, and antithetical to the rights of the citizen, that you could be thrown in prison now for that. And I would argue that, that Joe Biggs, Tario, and the rest, they didn't do anything wrong, but according to the government now, you can be brought into federal court and charged with the quote-unquote seditious conspiracy of trying to stand up against and protest a government that's completely tyrannical, out of control, corrupt, and seeking to destroy this nation, but more, more importantly, seeking to take away our inalienable rights to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And that now is a thought crime. And you can be put in jail for 20 years for having meetings about, you know, what's going to happen next, I guess. But the debate gives us more insight. Here is the, the thought process about whether or not 2020 election was stolen from the left-wing mindset. Listen to this. Leads me to my next question. General for everybody. And by the way, all six of you are doing phenomenally, especially you, Glenn, killing it from Brazil, my man. Uh, do you guys think this election was stolen? 100%. And it's Absolutely my, not. And it's my right to say that. But then, oh, covering up the windows with signs and then all these trucks pulling in and then the graph where Trump's above and it perfectly shoots up and then wins. I guess define <laughs> stolen. Define that for me before we answer the question. If well, I wants. mean, as, as, as Professor Epstein and others have said, they do it way before suppressing the Hunter Biden laptop, giving you 96 percent Google Democrat links. I mean, it's all the stealing's done before. Uh, in, in the algorithm and the censorship of the control. I, mean, I remember five years ago when I was being deplatformed, they were denying I was being deplatformed and saying there was no censorship. Now we know from the weaponization hearings that all this is going on, and now they're telling us you can't vote for him because he said we won't let you vote for him. I mean, why is it if the election was being stolen, why did every single person that Donald Trump trusted to investigate come back and say there was no evidence? It of wasn't every single it a whole bunch of his lawyers. Single, it was not a whole bunch of his lawyers. And most of his legal right, counsel said Jake, that the, uh, the few that he ended up going with were crazy. You just went in two seconds from everyone to most. I said Everybody, you got him again. I said that everything that every single person that Donald Trump trusted to investigate, meaning the vice president, the Department of Justice, the Cybersecurity hey, Division of the Department of Homeland Security, all Everybody's of his White House counsel. Every, yeah, I know how did. it works. I know you're and farming TikTok clips. Okay, no, no, That's no. leads me to my. I love, I love listening to the the logic on the left too. Is it, it, you know everybody on Trump's side said that there is no evidence of the election. You mean like all the people who we have identified as being the snakes that were you know in the swamp surrounding Trump that you are almost uh, at some point are unavoidable with a government so inundated uh, with corruption and infiltrated by these bad actors. I mean, but again, this is the naivety, the, the, the naive bliss, the, the ignorant bliss that these people live in. It must be nice to just believe the government is this altruistically good entity that is seeking to protect you when, look, I'm not saying there aren't good people in government. I'm not saying that, that there aren't a, a large number of people who are trying to do the right thing. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. I'm sure there are FBI agents out there doing a great job. I'm sure there, there are people working in different, uh, you know, parts of the judiciary that are doing a great job. 
But I'm not going to sit here and pretend like we don't have a history of corruption in this government. And then to believe naively that they would never do anything that would violate our rights when that's all they've seemed to do over the last several decades. Here's another clip. I think the election was rigged. I don't I'm not somebody who thinks the election that there's evidence conclusive that the election was stolen. I do think we should be a lot more attentive to when election processes get changed out of the blue, like, oh, because there's COVID, we're going to have a ton of new conventions for how we do mail-in ballots. I think there's a lot of potential for fraud there. I don't think there's evidence that I've seen, at least, that's conclusive that the 2020 election was stolen. I do think, though, it was rigged in all sorts of ways, from internet censorship to all kinds of uh, interference on the part of the uh, U.S. security state, lying and saying that a very incriminating story about Joe Biden was the byproduct of Russian disinformation when it when it absolutely was not Facebook and Twitter censoring that story right before the election. These are all examples of corrupting rigging by institutions of authority Pisky. on the question of whether. Well, no, no, I don't. I'm not somebody who thinks there's evidence that it was stolen. Well, how would you define the difference between rigging it and stealing it? Rigging it is when institutions of authority cheat or act corruptly in order to manipulate public opinion to prevent stories from getting to them, like those news stories about Joe Biden and the way that he exploited his family connections in Ukraine and China to uh, profit for his family and lying about it and saying that it's Russian disinformation, censoring the Internet to prevent stories from getting to the public, having the security state, the CIA and the FBI that's supposed to have no role in our politics being the ones to cook up those fabrications. That's all examples of rigging and manipulating our democracy the way that we accuse Russia of doing. The U.S. security state, the corporate media, Twitter and Facebook did that way, way worse. Stealing the election is dumping ballots that were legitimately cast or fabricating ballots in favor of one candidate or the other that actually weren't cast, manipulating the machines in order to have the loser be the winner. That's what I would distinguish between rigging and stealing. Okay. So so, obviously, Glenn Greenwald is trying to explain the difference between rigging and stealing. But I would argue it's, it's essentially the same thing. You know, you can rig the election, and, and they also did steal the election. That's fairly obvious to anybody who's paying attention. They both rigged and stole the election. And the evidence is ample. I'm going to get into some of that when we come back. Uh, I have all of the evidence, actually. Here, the summary of election fraud in the 2020 presidential election in the swing states, a report just put out by President Donald Trump. We're going to cover that because I want to I want to rebut what Glenn said. He said he didn't see any evidence of stolen election. Well, guess what? I got I got 30 pages of it right here. We're going to go through in all the swing states. Stay tuned. You're listening to Just Form Talk Radio. We'll be back after the break. ETI is your local one-stop shop for all your heavy equipment needs, from rebuilding your components to helping manage your fleet. Our goal is to make your life simple. Our full-service hydraulic and machine shop will meet all your expectations. We also offer free pickup and delivery. Call Jeff at 970-685-2064 with any questions or to schedule a pickup. Again, that's 970-685-2064. Get ready to embark on an extraordinary journey with Kelvin Crosby, better known as the Deaf Blind Potter, and his over 15 million followers right here on KHNC every Monday at 5 o'clock p.m. Kelvin will motivate you and show you how to live beyond life's challenges right here on AM 1360. 
Welcome back to Just Forum Talk Radio. I'm your host, Craig James. And I just want to, you know, rebut something that we're talking about here. We're going through this this uh, debate that took place, Zero Hedge hosted debate, Alex Jones and uh, Glenn Greenwald and Darren Beatty against some uh, left-wingers, the Krasenstein brothers, and this uh, person named Destiny. And what I thought was interesting is that Glenn Greenwald just kind of exhibits where I think a lot of uh, uh, some conservatives, I should say, fall, where they have this idea that the, and Vivek Ramaswamy's one and, and other, I, I can name a bunch of others who say this, but they believe the election was rigged but not stolen, meaning they'll say big tech rigged it, the CIA, the FBI, they rigged it. It, it was all rigged by outside forces in the lead up to, but there's not enough proof that it was stolen. Well, President Trump just released a report called Summary of Election Fraud in the 2020 Presidential Election in the Swing States which talks about Georgia, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Michigan. And I want to read some excerpts from this report to you because I truly do believe that this is something that we need to pay attention to, okay? And, I, and, I'll, and I'll preface it to say that this report is for all those out there who say, oh, it wasn't stolen. So it's often been repeated that there's no evidence of fraud in the 2020 election, in actuality, there is no evidence Joe Biden actually won. As according to the report here, it says, ongoing investigations in the swing states reveal hundreds of thousands of votes were altered and or not lawfully cast in the presidential election. Biden needed them. <clears throat> On election night, November 3rd, 2020, Donald Trump <clears throat> was sailing to re-election with landslide leads in numerous battlegrounds, including uh, in Georgia, where President Trump won by or was up by 12 points and over 335,000 votes with 56% of the vote in at 10.17 p.m. In Wisconsin, when Trump was leading by 121,000 votes at, and uh, five points at 12 a.m., uh, which Fox News anchor Brett Baer noted was not a small margin. In Pennsylvania, President Trump was leading by 659,000 votes at 12.38 a.m., a full 15 points. In Michigan, Trump was leading by 293,000 votes and 10 points. The election was over. However, precincts in Atlanta, Detroit, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Milwaukee kept counting until the results reached the desired outcome, which was the opposite of the will of the voters. Georgia went from having a total of 4.7 million votes, already a record for the state, according to Brad Raffensperger's count on November 4th, to certifying almost 5 million this was 300,000 more votes than what the top election official claimed were cast in the election. Getting to this result in Georgia and other states created an irredeemably compromised election filled with violations of the Constitution, unlawful ballots, widespread broken chain of custody, electronic manipulation, and missing and corrupted election files that made it uncertifiable and impossible to recreate the results. President Trump was right to voice his objections to what had been unfolded before the country's eyes, Republican poll watchers were denied access to the counting in multiple jurisdictions and ballots were counted in secret in the middle of the night. Now, you'll recall the videos from the precincts and, and the counting centers where they're covering up the windows so people cannot observe what they are doing. And then you have tapes of them having drop-offs at 3 a.m. with you know untold thousands of ballots being dropped off at a time after the quote-unquote counting was supposedly stopped because of burst pipes that never existed. And you have people 
who now have become martyrs on the left, become these venerated heroes like uh, Ruby Freeman, who were seen on video scanning ballots multiple times. And all of this is to say that what we watched happen in no uncertain terms was a flagrant stealing of an election right in front of our eyes. The report goes on, without media uh, or observers present, countless irregularities emerged, including reports of ineligible voters, voting machine anomalies, water main breaks, improbable percentages of ballots for Biden, and more. So since investigations across the country have uncovered an avalanche of irregularities, unlawful activity, manipulation of election records, destruction of evidence, and fraud, the findings which are outcome determinative are detailed in the summaries of each of the swing states. And I can go through, fact by fact, in each state, what happened. For instance, I'll run you through the case of Georgia, right? Georgia was called by 11,700 votes. Fulton County, Georgia, the most populous uh, county in the state where Trump's being indicted now, was uh, uh, had no or has no digital record of all in-person votes cast in its original results oh well they don't have any records that's good not a single ballot purportedly cast during early in-person voting was witnessed to and signed off by poll managers as required by georgia election rules seals were broken and memory cards were removed from tabulators for the results of these 315,000 votes which were printed out on different machines than the ones that tabulated them this prevented the reconciliation of the reconciliation of how many votes were cast on each machine. The fraud here is is insane. The ballot images of these votes, along with the rest of the in-person ballots cast on election day, were destroyed. The vote in Georgia was counted three times. The original machine count, a statewide hand recount, and a second machine count. Each time the state and Fulton County reported three different results. Fulton County did not count the same ballots during the original count, and the machine recount, there are 19,500 distinct ballots that appear in one machine count, but not the other. Huh. That's, that's no big deal. Just 19,000 votes, even though the state was called by 11,700. But, but that's okay. Uh, thousands of fraudulent presidential-only ballots were injected into the second machine count with huge margins favoring Joe Biden. Now, remember, these tranches of ballots that were, were dropped off, where they didn't fill out any other part of the ballot it just was a presidential vote i mean you're talking about you know when you vote you go there's there's all different there's representatives there's senators there's uh ballot initiatives there's all these different things these people were dropping off pallets of ballots that just had presidential candidates selected and it was overwhelmingly in favor of joe biden interesting 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 the ballots that are blank, except for the presidential contest, were counted in batches together with the pattern appearing in at least eight counties, including Fulton. This means Georgia did not have the votes to justify its original election results. Now, think about that. It's one thing if you're, if you're looking at a, a, a pallet or, or, you know, a box of ballots, right? It's one thing to look at the box of ballots and, okay, well, every, you know, few votes, there's one where they just picked the president, right? They just picked either you know biden or, or trump it's another thing to get a box of ballots and open it up and every ballot in the box is only 
a presidential ballot, meaning it was only filled out Biden or Trump. Nothing else on the ballot was filled out. And again, remind yourself that in a lot of these these state elections, in in these uh, uh, key elections in swing states, Republicans down the ticket won in an overwhelming majority, yet Joe Biden got 81 million votes. Okay, interesting. Interesting. Well, let's keep going. The second machine count was over 17,000 votes short. Fulton County was instructed to reconcile the results by the Secretary of State and recertified its results without divulging the extent of the vote deficiency to members of the Fulton County Board of Registrations and Elections. That's totally normal. Thousands of bogus votes were ultimately added into the election results via the second machine count. That includes 20,900 unsubstantiated votes of unknown origin. The results were missing 17,800 ballot images and included 3,100 duplicate ballot images that were counted twice. Reminder, the state of Georgia was called by a margin of 11,700 votes. It's just to give you context. At least 2,800 ballots were counted two or three times in the second machine count, totaling 6,100 questionable votes. Now, again, this is in Fulton County in Georgia. This is the jurisdiction where they're putting together a RICO case against Trump instead of, you know, maybe investigating the stolen election that we literally have a mountain of evidence to show what it happened. And I'm reading through the evidence too. You want to put together a case, you you know, you want to convince somebody, here's the evidence. At least, uh, let's see, 88% of Fulton County's precincts reported a different total number of votes between the first, second machine count. Totally normal, totally normal. The only electronic votes that survived from the first count were the mail-in ballots since they were tabulated on the high-speed scanner. Their ballot images were automatically uploaded to the election server. 90% of these approximately 148,000 absentee votes or absentee ballots cast in Fulton County cannot be authenticated. Ballot images for 132,284 mail-in votes have no uh, you know, law recordable file which is created automatically when ballot is scanned and used to authenticate the digital image of the vote. So they don't have any of the key evidence or they're lacking evidence. They were scanned and tabulated properly or even cast by a real voter. Is this, I mean, in what third world tin pot dictatorship do we allow this to happen? Except we're just allowing it to happen here. Oh, that makes sense. 104,900 ballot image files of these mail-in ballots from the original count contained identical modified timestamps suggesting electronic manipulation. Totally normal. Fulton County does not know how many voters cast votes and its lack of basic accounting controls make it impossible to determine who really won. In 2020, according to Philip Stark, University of California Berkeley professor who invented risk-limiting audits, Stark noted the electronic records of the election are not intact. Well, if I was going to steal an election and I wanted to cover cover my tracks, well, then I would just delete all the evidence after I stole it. 376,800 ballot images are missing from the first machine count, which includes all in-person votes in Fulton County. None of the 315,000 votes cast during early voting in Fulton County were witnessed to and signed by the poll manager and two poll workers as required by state election rules. But hey, why do we have laws and rules? You don't have to follow them. Not if you're in Georgia, not if you're stealing elections. It's totally cool. 
The closing tapes for these votes are all unsigned, showed more tabulated votes than the tabulators had recorded as scanning in their protective counters and recorded improbably low percentages for President Trump. For example, President Trump received only 0 0.9, 0.9%, 2.4%, 3.7% from some of the tabulators as if he was a third-party candidate or in a third-world country. The anomalies indicate ballots were not scanned on the tabulators that printed the closing tapes, making the closing tapes fraudulent. The tabulators used in Fulton County during early voting had their seals broken and memory cards were reprogrammed and inserted into different scanners to count absentee ballots in violation of election rules. This made it impossible to reconcile the true number of votes tabulated on the machines from the start of the election to the end of counting. Now, I have five more pages of facts in front of me just on Georgia alone right here. Just on Georgia alone, I have five more pages of facts surrounding this. But what more do you need to know? They literally broke the seals on the machines, took the memory cards out, wiped them, and then reused them. And they're therefore lost track of uh, untold number of ballot, you know, evidence that's required legally by the state to keep. But it's not, it's not a fixed election. Just because you have incompetent morons running it, it must be true. Remember, elections are sacrosanct. And, and if you try to challenge, you know, election democracy, and you're evil, except when they try to, when, when Trump's on the ballot, he can be removed for democracy, of course. See how it all works? I, I've literally only scratching the surface here 235,000 absentee ballots were requested and accepted too early prior to lawful date 180 days before the 2020 election which was May 6, 2020 these votes should have never been counted in the 2020 election 235,000 ballots were accepted prior to 180 days before the 2020 election think about that Think about how long they had to set up this cheating operation. It didn't just happen overnight. 4,000 false votes for Joe Biden were included in the hand count audit results in Fulton County. Well, that's totally normal. Why wouldn't there be? The false votes were the result of 36 accounting errors, quote-unquote, which were confirmed by Governor Brian Kemp's office and investigators working for Secretary Brad Raffensperger. Yet they never have been removed from the official hand count results. These errors alone reduce the margin to 7,600. But again, they only needed 11,000. But it's more than that. They won by 11,000. They only needed a few hundred thousand. Which at this point, given what I just went through evidence-wise... Evidence was not a hard thing to do. Stay tuned. We have more to cover. You're listening to Just a Form Talk Radio. We'll be back after the break. Yes, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Let us help. Listen to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Saturdays at 11, right here on AM 1360.
Hi, this is Craig James from Just Informed Talk Radio, and I'm here to tell you about my kind CBD products. I have been using these products myself, and I can tell you this is the highest quality CBD product I've ever used in my life. My kind CBD products are 100% THC free, locally sourced from Colorado hemp farmers, and they're organic. And if you want, you can give them a shot today by going to 1360KHNC.com slash shop. And when you do, make sure you try out everything from the sunscreen, to the lotion, to the salve, to the retinol cream, to the tinctures, to the cocoa, to the coffee, to the tea, everything in between. And make sure you try out the pet products as well. They have pet shampoo and pet tincture. You're not going to be disappointed. These products are white labeled and sold in high-end stores and boutique salons for two, three, and four times the price you're going to be paying at 1360KHNC.com slash shop straight from the manufacturer. So go there and buy your products today. And I know you're going to become a repeat customer just like me. The globalists say resistance is futile. Will you choose to accept your slavery or declare your liberty? Find out how on Pac-Man and the Rev, Saturdays from 1 to 2. Sometimes the truth hurts. Welcome back to Just Form Talk Radio. I'm your host, Craig James. And of course, you guys who have been uh, following us today, we are going kind of through a debate that was hosted by Zero Hedge. We're listening to clips from it. And I just wanted to rebut there what Glenn Greenwald said, right? That there's he doesn't think there's evidence of a stolen election. I literally just got through uh, pages, pages of documental evidence i have over 30 pages of just the bullet points from the election swing states georgia pennsylvania uh wisconsin arizona and michigan and i just started with uh, fulton county in georgia and the irregularities there but it goes on and on i mean again i could go on for days just going through the litany of evidence that exists surrounding the stolen election but I think you guys get the point. And if you want, you know, let me know if you want me, I can keep bringing this up each show and we can go through each, each state point by point. But let me just say that there was a lot of fraud. I mean, and it's very easily provable but they don't want you to look at that. They don't want you to see it. They don't want you to talk about it. They want you to talk about January 6th. And it's all just a big distraction from the truth. But but I, I did like the exchange about Ray Epps in this debate was pretty good. I'll, I'll play a few uh, clips of that. Listen to this. Tomorrow, we need to go into the Capitol. Into the Capitol. Tomorrow, I don't even like to say it because I'll be arrested. Well, let's not say it. We need, we let's need to say go. I'll say it. All right. We need to go in. So there's Ray Epps telling a crowd of people on January 5th that they need to go into the Capitol. 
albeit, he says, peacefully. But going into the Capitol, as far as I know at that point, without invitation would be considered a crime, right? And he's encouraging the crowd to do that. And what people have pointed out, I mean, this guy's a, a, a cutout for what you would see as being the, the type of person that would be used as an agent provocateur. Uh, and I and I really do think that Darren Beatty hits the nail on the head here. I'm going to play uh, some of this clip where he explains the the very odd nature of Ray Epps, and and I love listening to this kind of debate because this just shows you how ill informed the the left wing uh, uh, debaters, quote unquote, on this this debate show are, and how even when presented with the, the truth, they have this way of obfuscating it that's almost, it's almost impressive if it weren't so damaging and, and dangerous. And so, no, I mean, you guys want to hear the argument for federal involvement or yeah, not? Go for it. Yeah. Not really. Okay. I want to hear it. All right. Well, there's a lot of dimensions to it. We can start with the Ray Epps issue. Here's a guy, you saw that, that was only part of the clip. There's much longer clips about Ray Epps, but here's a guy who's the only guy caught on camera as early as January 5th, repeating, repeatedly calling for people to go into the Capitol and prefacing his seemingly rehearsed remarks in each case, saying, I'm probably going to go to jail for this. I'm probably going to get arrested for this. You need to go into the Capitol. The next day, he flew across the whole country, presumably to go hear Trump's speech. He skipped Trump's speech. Instead, he was a veritable where's Waldo everywhere in January 6th, directing people go into the Capitol. It's in that direction. That's where our problems are. Then amazingly, he's prepositioned right at that initial decisive breach point on the west perimeter of the Capitol. And he's whispering into somebody's ear just seconds before the bike racks are broken through. He texts his nephew, I orchestrated it. On paper, think about it. He's like a 6'3", former Marine who was wearing camo gear and a Trump hat, and he just happens to have had a leadership position in the Oath Keepers, the most demonized and heavily he prosecuted. To. He used to, right? He doesn't. He used he didn't to. Anymore. The most demonized and heavily prosecuted militia group associated with January 6th. And the regime doesn't touch him. However, initially, his behavior was considered to be so egregious he was one of the first 20 people added to the FBI's most wanted list about January 6th. He was prominently featured in the New York Times' ominously titled Day of Rage. Of all the clips the New York Times could have found and chosen, they chose Ray Epps to represent their thesis that this was a pre-planned insurrection to storm the Capitol. And then when the discussion of federal involvement came into be, one of our major pieces at Revolver News, literally the next day is when the FBI quietly removed him from their list. And all of a sudden, he went from FBI's most wanted and featured in the New York Times' Day of Rage to New York Times does a fully dedicated puff piece on him. 60 Minutes does a sympathy segment on him. He's the only January 6th participant that Adam Kinsinger, who's never met a Trump supporter, he doesn't want to see rotting in jail for 50 years, that Adam Kinsinger will defend more aggressively than Epps' own lawyers. And now, almost three years after, the government finally says, okay, we're going to hit you with a wrist slap misdemeanor, as though people are so simple-minded to think, 
well, if the argument is hasn't been indicted, therefore he's a Fed, if we indict him now, even if it's a misdemeanor, even three years after, no matter what the circumstances, this constitutes a refutation and totally wipes away the mountains of suspicious evidence surrounding the character of Ray Epps. So, that's just, so, that's so, just the case of Epps. There are can, can much, many other things. Can I just touch? I, I mean, the way Darren Beatty explains it, it, it really does kind of summarize how this all it, it comes together here, especially with regard to understanding that Ray Epps is just one example of several. This is not like he is the only one, but it is obvious that you have a guy, he's the cardboard cutout archetype of, you know, whatever you want to say. He's he's the head of the, he was the president of the Oath Keepers in Arizona for their entire statewide branch, right? He then leaves that organization somehow, decides to go to Washington, D.C., spends the entire time from January 5th through January 6th directing crowds to the Capitol, whispering in the ear of people who are breaking through the gates right before it. And they're going to argue, oh, well, you know, that that person, I think his name's Salim or Salim or something like that, he testified that Rebs told him the cops were on our side and, and you don't have to fight them. But his story has changed. He's flip-flopped on that, of course. You know, when you're facing federal charges, that's something... Uh, you tend to do is you tend to have the, the screws twisted on you. But Ray Epps is there. Then he's at the Capitol. And now three years later, like Jaron's pointing out, they're going to charge him with some misdemeanor wrist slap. And then that is a complete and a total refutation of the idea that he is a Fed operative, an agent provocateur. And, and, and then what's even more interesting is I'll, I'll play more of this clip in just a second. When you hear their response, the rebuttal is basically like, well, you're, you, you don't know for a fact. Like, they, they challenge the facts, right? Says, well, you don't know when they removed him from the list. You're just talking using screenshots. Well, uh, actually, we know exactly when, and it's not just screenshots. We, we have the documental evidence of when this name was removed. Ray Epps was removed from that wanted list. And then on top of that, they're saying that, oh, well, he didn't say what, he, what they say he said. Uh, he was telling people to peacefully go, and it's like, but that's the, the the point is not whether he said peacefully or not. The point is he was the agent provocateur directing the crowd to its entrapment, directing the crowd to be put in this position to shape this narrative about January 6th. They needed everybody to be at the Capitol because – they were using agent provocateurs, all the feds and the Antifa dressed as Trump supporters to break the doors down and have the Capitol Police usher them in, right? So that they could draw the narrative that were violent domestic terrorists so they could use, uh, you know, an extension of the Patriot Act and other unconstitutional behaviors to persecute patriots in this country and to send a, a chilling effect message across the, the nation that if you try to stand up against this tyrannical government which you are a serf or slave to and you don't have f-16s and nuclear weapons they're going to make you pay and they're going to make you suffer and they're going to destroy your life they're going to destroy your family they're going to lock you up for 20 plus years and that's your fate it's interesting to say the least stay tuned you're listening to Just a Form Talk Radio. We'll be back after the break.
Hey, this is Rod from PCs and Parts in Loveland. We're your local computer and parts repair store. We have been in business for over 18 years, and we have been fixing computers and love doing that. If you're having anything with technical-related issues, come by and see us. To reach us, call us at 970-203-0696 or go to our website at PCsandparts.com. We'd love to talk to you about your particular problems. You've probably been hearing me talk about why refi for a while now. Why refi has been getting a ton of phone calls, and I want to thank you for supporting and investing in something that actually helps people. A lot of people are talking about this investment, so I'd like to review the basics with you. First off, yes, it's true. You can earn up to 10.25% fixed rate of return. That's not correlated to the stock market or the Fed. You can turn your income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose, and there are absolutely no fees. There is no attack on principle if you ever need your money back and your monthly statements will have no surprises. If you're not sure if you can trust this economy, this secure collateralized portfolio may be a good option for you. Just go to investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com or call them at 888-Y-REFI-24. That's 888-Y-REFI-24. Tell them Joe sent you. This is Mark Call, host of the Come Out of Her My People show here on the Roar of the Rockies. Tune in to discover why, whether it's the law of the land or scripture, what you've probably heard it says is not what is written. It's time to come out of all of that. You can run on for a long time. Run on for a long time, run on for a long time. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Go tell that long. And that, sure. So, you mentioned he, you mentioned a few things I want to touch on. So, you talked about how he whispered in somebody's ear, and moments later, that guy went in the Capitol. That was Mr. Samsel. Samsel? Yep. That's right. And Mr. Samso actually testified under oath. I believe he was convicted. He said yes. that Epps actually said, told him, calm down, the police are on our well, side. Well, he's changed his story. Okay, I don't, I would rest. Did you, yeah. did you write the original Revolver article? Yes. Okay, thank you. Okay, I set aside three days to go over Ray Epps stuff, and it took me six hours here. It was one of the stupidest conspiracies I've ever seen in my entire so, life. So, so the, the, other, just, the other thing I just want to... Yeah, go for it real quick. Real quick. So you said that... Um, he he didn't get convicted and he didn't get charged until three years later. Okay, so the people who were charged with anything but misdemeanors were people who used violence and people who went into the the uh, house chamber that, where the joint session was, and the people who the people who um, were involved in a seditious conspiracy. It had mm-hmm. to be a conspiracy. Ray Epps acted alone here. Well, so no, he, I wouldn't. That's that's an that's as an open far as we, As far as we can see, he acted alone. Anything else beyond that would just be a conspiracy theory. For, so he fits. He, he falls into the same category. Well, seditious how, how conspiracy many, many is other, technically a conspiracy theory. It doesn't mean that it's not true, no, right? Seditious For, conspiracy is a charge. A conspiracy yeah, theory is a it's theory a theory of that, the case. A theory that there is a conspiracy that took place. So. He doesn't fall into any category that any of the other protesters fall in because he didn't fall into any of those three categories. So he got charged with a misdemeanor. Other people, the conspiratists, the people who used violence, and the people who went into the House chamber are the ones who were charged with felonies. 
for the Ray Epps stuff, if you look at his story from start to finish, it is incredibly obvious. The guy is a boomer. The guy was a huge Trump supporter. No, he used he to be part of the Oath Keepers a while before. That's what he testified to under oath. Uh, he used to be part of the Oath Keepers uh, years earlier than he left. I think it was the Arizona chapter. Ray Epps was the head of the Arizona the, chapter. That's fine. Ray Epps went to the march. Uh, you said he skipped the speech. Tons of people were listening to the speech on uh, on cell phones and other things and broadcasting to other people. Ray Epps was outside the speech. There's on video, I know, because you posted in your article with him literally telling people, let's go, we're going, we're marching to the That Capitol. was before the speech. Sure, yeah, but he's, he's, yeah, but he's out to the ellipse. Where he's telling people telling in people advance of the speech we need to go to the Capitol because somehow he got it he's in his mind it. that everything sure would end up it. at the I'm Capitol. I'm pretty sure he's doing it in his... Uh, as Trump is making the speech, not before the speech has begun. No, that, when he's he, directing he began people. before the speech began. There okay, are timestamps on the video. Then you can go back and watch it on your – the revolver story is up there. Um, for every single thing that you assert about him, that he's in video whispering into a guy's ear, uh, you say it in the rest of your article. All he's doing on the day of when the protesting is getting violent is going up and down telling people, don't fight with the cops. Don't fight with the cops. The cops are on our side. That's what he's saying the entire time. The idea that he said that the entire day, but the one guy whose ear that he whispered into that unfortunately we don't have you know, audio capture of that he and Samuel uh, testified to as he said, hey, the cops are on our side or the cops aren't enemies. They both say something to that effect. And that seems to synergize with everything else he said on that day. Uh, you go on to say that that guy immediately after was the one that broke down the fence. No, he's not. You can see like 15 people right next to him that are all trying to break down the fence. Yeah, the guy goes in eventually. But if we truly believe that this guy is a federal agent or is working to instigate the riot, mm -hmm. we've laid out absolutely nothing supporting that. Just some video footage of another boomer being no, at the yeah, rally. No, no, no. That was, it's, that it's was there. If you, say, if, you you... Say, if you want to say that why was he removed from the FBI list, I mean, why was he removed from the rail? like all of the information is out there. He said that after his video was identified and people on X started to identify him and then because all of his online stuff is incredibly easy to find, he started to get phone calls. He started to get harassed. He started to get threats. So he called the FBI as soon as this was brought to his attention and he told the FBI, hey, this was me and here I am and this is what's happening. And the FBI took him off the list. No, you claim wrong. That there was some you, your timeline is wrong. He called the FBI. When he saw himself in the videos. Wrong. Yeah, a friend told wrong. him about it and he's that – yeah, that's what that's what he said. That's what he testified. He called the FBI very shortly after January 6th because of his picture being on the most wanted list. He wasn't taken off the most wanted list until the middle part of 2021. There were multiple months span between him calling the FBI in the first instance and being Hold quietly on. removed. That's not true. Yes, it no, is. No, that's not true. Well, I mean, that's... I can tell you why it's not true, okay? Because what you did, because I read your article, is you looked at two archived versions of the website and you didn't have a 12 month archive. For some reason, you assumed that the recent snapshot that you took at 2021, you think that that was the first time the page has been changed. That was just the first time the page has been archived. Well, the, I don't think the FBI has made a statement on it, but what Epps testified to was that he either saw a video of himself or a friend saw a video of himself or a friend saw him on the list where people were, and then people were making videos. And then he called the FBI and he said, hey, I need to talk to you. And this is what's going on. If he was a Fed, why would they remove him from the list when everybody's clearly looking at the list? He was like one of the only people removed. Why would senators be defending him so vigilantly? Why wouldn't? That's the a great question. Why was he quietly removed right when the question of federal involvement became a major part of the national conversation? So, so and let me your, just I, I, I don't want to get no, lost I, in I, these I, weeds. I just, just want to say theory. something quickly. So you're saying he said we need to go into the Capitol peacefully. And you point out correctly that in many instances caught on video, he's engaged in what you could call de-escalation of the crowd, and he's not urging people to violence. That's all correct. I never said he's urging people to violence. 
He was absolutely a provocateur, and his mission, as stated and as implemented and as orchestrated by his own verbatim text, was he wanted people to go into the Capitol peacefully. So, that so, might be so, the case. Wait, wait, that might be the case, and if that's all you're saying— there's it's no not all. No, no, that's that's everything. Here, no, that's nobody, everything. Nobody here is is saying that he didn't say that and he didn't want people to do that. But the claim is that there's some sort that's of illegal. Federal, that's fine. He could be charged for it. Do you think anybody here care if he gets charged for that crime? The issue is you're saying that he was doing it under the direction of a federal agency. Yeah, yeah. But the 6'3 guy that, that looks like he's dying of type 2 diabetes and arthritis is somehow some intimidating Marine captain that's sending people into the Capitol. That was your claim that you've provided zero evidence for, and you don't in either of the articles that you write about him. We've got, uh, we've got Glenn back on the horn. And Glenn, we've been talking about Ray Epps. We played a video. I'm not sure if you saw it. Glenn, not Glenn Beck. <laughs> All right, so I play that clip in its entirety because I want you to get the context fully to understand what the left-wing uh, argument is about Ray Epps. Like, oh, it doesn't prove anything that he was there encouraging people to go in, that his name was removed from the wanted list, and, uh, you know, no, it doesn't prove anything. He's just a boomer. He's just a boomer who, uh, you know, looks sickly. And These guys are so naive. They don't understand anything about history, but, hey, I wanted to play it, give you both sides, the full context. Uh, hopefully, maybe they'll, they'll play the full thing uh, on the station here later. But it's long. It's three hours, so I don't know if they're going to get it up. But I'll say this. Uh, those are just some of the highlights. Watch it for yourself. I'll leave a link to it uh, if, on the live stream. So uh, look out for that. But anyway, when we come back, we're going to finish up with our God's Grace Creator segment. Stay tuned. You're listening to Just Informed Talk Radio. Holy paper. Join me, J.D. Plorable, for Swamp Fight Wednesdays at 5 p.m. and Saturdays and Sundays at noon right here on AM 1360. You are listening to KHNC, the roar of the Rockies. Hey, Chris Lewis here with My Favorite Gunsmith at MyFavoriteGunsmith.com, 970-776-0258. At My Favorite Gunsmith, all I do is repair firearms. I love freedom more than guns, but the only thing that separates a free man from a slave is firearm ownership. I would only add that it needs to work. All of my guns work. Do yours? Find out, 970-776-0258. My Favorite Gunsmith at MyFavoriteGunsmith.com. That's 970-776-0258. When I was broken. To you are you brought me blessings out of a tragedy. You turned my old song into a symphony, and with your spirit living inside of me, I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation. Oh,
Welcome back to Just Form Talk Radio. I'm your host, Craig James. We have our final segment we do every show. It's our God's Grace is Greater segment. And I hope you guys enjoyed the show today. We're going to wrap it up with some scripture in the Psalms, Book of Psalms. We're in Psalm 22. And it's a psalm that talks about from suffering to praise. And it reminds me of a lot of what we're experiencing now, like the suffering that we are going through as we speak in in all these different forms, in my humble opinion, is merely a byproduct of living in a fallen world. We're going to suffer. I don't enjoy suffering. I don't enjoy being afflicted more than anyone else. And I certainly know that most of you out there don't enjoy it either. But I take solace and comfort in knowing that if there's any reward for the suffering and affliction that we go through in this life, it's that it will help us grow stronger with endurance to have a more proven character that leads us to a greater hope. And I want to read this Psalm 22 to you guys out there from suffering to praise another Davidic Psalm. It says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from my deliverance and from my words of groaning? My God, I cry by day, but you do not answer by night. Yet I have no rest, but you are holy enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted and you rescued them. They cried to you and you were set and were set free. They trusted in you and were not disgraced, but I am a worm and not a man, scorned by men and despised by people. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads. He relies on the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let the Lord deliver him since he takes pleasure in him. You took me from the womb, making me secure while at my mother's breast. I was given over to you at birth. You have been my God from my mother's womb. Do not be far from me because distress is near and there is no one to help. Many bulls surround me, strong ones of Bashan encircle me. They open their mouths against me, lions mauling and roaring. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are disjointed. The, my heart is like wax melting within me. My strength is dried up like baked clay. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You put me in the dust of death, for dogs have surrounded me. A gang of evildoers has it closed in on me. They pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. People look and stare at me. They divided my garments among themselves and cast lots for my clothing. But you, Lord, don't be far away. My strength come quickly to help me. Deliver my life from the sword, my only life, from the power of these dogs. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will proclaim your name to my brothers. I will praise you in the congregation. You who fear Yahweh, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. All you descendants of Israel, revere him. For he is not despised or detested the torment of the afflicted. He did not hide his face from him, but listened when he cried to him for help. I will give praise in the great congregation. Because of you, I will fulfill my vows before those who fear you. The humble will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of the nations will bow down before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord. He rules over the nations. All who prosper on earth will eat and bow down. And all those who go down to dust will kneel before him. Even the one who cannot preserve his life. Their descendants will serve him. The next generation will be told about the Lord. They will come and tell people yet to be born about his righteousness and what he has done. I want those words to you take those words with you today and understand that whatever suffering 
you're going through that it will lead to praise. And a lot of people talk about this verse in reference to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as it describes something similar to what Jesus went through. Some say it's prophetic in nature, but I say this. If you haven't accepted Jesus, now's your chance. Repent, accept him as your Lord and Savior. Watch him do great things in your life that you never thought were possible. And if you have, take these words, go out in the world and do great things and trust that he is with you. But that's it for me. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Just Form Talk Radio. I'm your host, Craig James. Godspeed and God bless each and every one of you patriots.